Welcome to Shareholder Q&A, a production Gore Calm, in which we answer questions directly posted by shareholders on the forum. With us today, happy to have him back, Peter Pascali, President CEO of Pyrogenesis Canada that trades on the NASDAQ under the stock yes. symbol PYR <laughs> and the TSX under the stock symbol PYR. Uh, because it's a shareholder Q&A, I don't need to do the preamble for new investors because mostly it's going to be the existing shareholders. So, Peter, welcome back. Thanks. Thanks, George. Thanks a lot. It's good to be here. Congratulations for me and everybody. This is our first uh, interview since you were uh, listed on the NASDAQ. So how does it feel? And share oh. some of that some of that happiness with the shareholders. Oh, it's awesome. It's taken a, a long time, like a long time to get here. Uh, but uh, look, now we're part of the, the, the NASDAQ family and uh, and we didn't have to do a concurrent financing. We didn't have to do a reverse stock split. It was, it's good. It's good to be here. Yes. All right. Looking forward to amazing things. We're on cloud nine. Oh, amazing things. Looking forward to more. Yeah, almost certainly. Oh, yes. Yeah, a lot of good things are happening. Hey, so you're talking about financing. I want to ask you a couple of press, uh, a couple of questions before we get into the shareholder questions, uh, because these are some these are a couple of things you see when a company goes to NASDAQ. So one of them is now that you're on NASDAQ, do you think PowerGenesis will be doing a financing here? We don't need to do a financing, George. We, uh, we have no debt. We have now, uh, we, we mentioned in a press release the other day that we have over $30 million of cash. Uh, when we uplisted to the TSX, we had enough backlog to you know, sign contracts to get us through the foreseeable future. So there's no need, uh, there's no need to, do, uh, to do a financing. No, no, that's not in the works or in the cons under consideration for to meet working capital or anything like that. All right, yeah, because sometimes companies take advantage of being NASDAQ, go do a financing. So I wanted to get that out of the way. And the second one was, you know, uh, we've read a couple of times, we've talked about times about um, acquisitions as, as part of your growth strategy, M&A. Um, but we haven't seen any yet. Why, <laughs> haven't, we seen, why, why haven't we? And maybe oh, gee, just waiting for NASDAQ so, to, to begin. So maybe that. That, maybe that came out of the use of funds from our TSX listing where we had excess capital and I guess we were asked what what would we do with it, and uh, acquisitions are always uh, an option. Uh, my background in M and A probably lends to that theory. You know, they're going to do an acquisition. I've actually said that we believe that over the next eighteen months or so, with the economy moving towards more difficult times, there may be some assets that are put up for sale. Uh, good companies, you know, no, not a fixer upper that will immediately add to revenue and and earnings per share. We would we would look at them. Yes, we would look at them, and um, uh, and fair to say you'd be more attractive now as an acquirer because your Nasdaq list on top of it, so it makes well, offers even more serious. Arguably, we are positioned as an acquirer right now, and um, I, I look, George. I think for for new for new for new and uh, new people to the to 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 Agoracom, uh, I have to say that I'm very cautious about uh, mergers and acquisitions. I believe, you know, not many people know it, but most mergers or acquisitions are not good. There's a big, there's this big splash, there's a big uh, 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 hype, and, and the stock goes up, and everybody expects uh, good things to happen. And for one reason or another, usually because uh, they overpaid, usually because they overpaid, they blame it on cultural differences. You know, that's the that's the standard way. Oh, cultural differences didn't work. Bullshit! It didn't work because you overpaid. I mean, that's the bottom line. And I'm, and I'm an investor, investment banker telling you this because 99% of the time, the valuation is created by investment bankers and advisors who are 
paid based on the value of the transaction and their ego is also based on the size of the transaction. So um, I'm very cautious of, of, an, of an acquisition. I know only too well uh, from working in the industry how it could be the ruin of a company. So yes, we're actually interested in acquiring companies which will help us grow or grow faster. And, um, uh, but we won't do a fixer upper. And because of my concerns, I'm hopefully I'm, I'm a lot more, I mean, I'm in a better position to make a good acquisition for the company if and when the time comes. All right. Thanks for answering those two because- so, so George, just for those, again, for those, I just want to make sure that people understand that, you know, this interview uh, is going to be about stuff that's already out there. Uh, there's not going to be any bombshell that's dropped or any, uh, uh, unless I slip up. And if I slip up, hopefully we'll catch it before it goes public. But uh, uh, if you're thinking you're going to, if you're thinking you're going to hear um, something new here, you know, go back, uh, go, go somewhere else, watch TV, do something else. Your time will be better spent somewhere else. This is really because, you know, we've up, we've uplisted to TSX, a uh, TSE. And, um, and we're now on NASDAQ. There's a lot of new, new eyeballs on, on the stock. And you know, they're, they're at the initial stage and sometimes like a little bit more explanation. Yeah, but that's the value of these, right? It's a, you're that's, never, that's, you've that's never what it broken is. news in one of these interviews. It's you have news, there, there is news that we have to talk about. You just add more context, more color. That's right, and, so that's right. and people want a little bit more clarity and where we can, we give it. And this is what apparently people like I just, I think sometimes people who've seen it five, four or five times, they come back and they start wondering, you know, where's the news? Well, that's a compliment because you guys have got to know the story a bit better than you did in the past. And we welcome you as well. But go ahead, George. All right. So first shareholder question comes from DHOD, who says, thanks again, George and Peter for doing these. Uh, you're welcome, DHOD. First question. Can you talk about why Ben was chosen uh, to join the board recently? What specifically led him to being chosen to be added over someone else, does he bring certain expertise to the board that complements it? Well, Ben's an, an interesting addition to the board and a very positive one. First of all, <clears throat> uh, he adds to to our financial depth on the board. Uh, he um, he actually has experience with a Nasdaq listed company, and he has a finance background, accounting expertise. Uh, he also is uh, a CFO in a company in the environmental space. And if you look at his resume and Dr. Jazz, uh, some very interesting uh, overlap, which hopefully you know we may uh, we may we may uh, take advantage of down the road. That's not to say there's anything that there's anything uh, uh, in the works, but it's an interesting uh, overlap. Now, I hope I'm not uh, saying anything out of school here, Ben. But one of the things I like about Ben is he shares my love of the accounting industry. So, <laughs> so, so. Uh, uh, yeah, he's going to be a good addition to the board. A well, really good a CFO of uh, of a Nasdaq company. That's that's right. Pretty important. And, a lot of people don't, and we won't get into it here. But the CFO position is quite often just as important as this CEO position in big companies. Uh, at the end of the day, the bigger you get, the more important your CFO gets. So having someone like him on the board as a, as a CFO will be helpful. Second question from DHOD. Uh, can you elaborate more on what the purpose of the additional manufacturing facilities is for? You don't know how many emails I've been getting on that, uh, George. Uh, That's why it's here. So basically what we did was, I think we almost doubled our manufacturing footprint. Um, I'm not going to tell you exactly why, but you can, you know, given where everything is going, you'd, you'd assume that, that we need more space. 
I think in a, in a previous interview, I told you in our existing space where, you know, we're, 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 we're busting out. So we needed space anyways, but doubling it, I think uh, it, it, we found some space. It was good space, uh, really nice space. Um, and so we jumped at it. It was, it, it, it's, uh, we're going to be put, we're going to be putting it to good use. And in Montreal and Quebec in general, uh, there, there is less demand for really great space. So you probably had an it's opportunity. Ideally located between our two locations. It is in Montreal, George. And uh, as I said, it's going to be good. Third question. The investor presentation was updated today. So I'm assuming that was today or yesterday. And one of the changes was the share count. Was this due to warrants being exercised recently? Uh, and can you comment on the warrant acceleration clause now that the VWAP has been above 675 for 20, 20 consecutive days. My that was a press release, but let's talk about first so, about the share count. So if the share count went up, share counts go up because either you did a, 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 a placement, which we didn't do because we would have to press release that, announce it, et cetera. So there's no, or because options or warrants were exercised and we're finding that um, uh, warrants are coming in, uh, are being exercised quite regularly these days. And um, in fact, uh, well, I think to the second part of the question, where he's, I think the gentleman or the, whoever it was was asking, uh, DHOD, yeah. what about what about the, uh, the the acceleration? Well, we 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 um, we announced yesterday that we we accelerated the expiry date of those uh, of those warrants. Uh, so I think that answers that particular question. Yeah, that, that's right now. And and in the just for people who didn't see the press release. Uh, this, these war, uh, these warrants that represent $5.2 million in total potential cash proceeds. If they're all, if they're all exercised, which I think they would be. Yeah, I think they will. They're all in the money, but the, the, of note there, and to answer the question in a backhanded way, um, the original warrants, I think were around, uh, $7.7 million. So the 5.2 reflects the difference reflects how many have already been exercised. So uh, when DH, DHOD was asking the question, you know, why did, they, why did the share count go up? Probably, possibly in part because some of the warrants were, all, were being exercised yeah. already. That makes sense. That definitely makes sense. Yeah. Thanks, DHOD. Next up, Country Chic. Uh, hi, George and Peter. Been an exciting few weeks. It has. Yeah. <laughs> My first question pertains to the companies listed on the TSX. Yeah. From the press release documents, it was indicated uh, the application was made as a tech company. The TMX said, however, lists Pyro as an industrial company. Does this yeah. mean the tech label was not applied? Just curious if there was an incorrect label given uh, from the previous <coughs> venture or if there was a specific reason for it be labeled industrial. Great catch. I love that kind of due diligence. So, so that's interesting because when we did the uplisting, um, we, I did it under the tech uh, criteria, under the TS, uh, the Toronto Stock Exchange's uh, criteria for a tech company, and we are a tech company um, on their uh, from in, in their eyes. So, if we were to get an award for one of the top ten tech companies or something, like that, we'd be we'd be in that category. However, their feed comes from a, a Morningstar, uh, and Morningstar has 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 has, uh, has um, their own categorization. As, yeah, has classified as, as that particular uh, classification. We're looking into it. Uh, on the NASDAQ, they have us as industrial, no, environmental, which is a subsection of industrial. Um, and a tech company oftentimes is associated with like a- Heavy duty software. Like software, Facebook, uh, these type yeah. of ones. So um, 
we're looking at it in Morningstar to see if there's a better classification. We tend to like the one that NASDAQ has given us actually. Um, and, and industrial seem to be invoked as well. We're environmental, that's in vogue. And we tend to have a, a tech aspect to our offerings, which is, you know, it's hard to find the, it's hard to find that particular category uh, on NASDAQ or anywhere else. But so that's the explanation for the, um, for the TSE, TSE, nothing untoward. We are classified as a tech stock within the Toronto Stock Exchange for whatever, um, however they, uh, they benchmark stocks, but their feed comes from Morningstar, which is a third party. Second question from Country Chic. For the upcoming Gabelli Waste Services Symposium, uh, and maybe you want to let people know how big that is to be invited to something like that, because I've been following Mayor Gabelli for 25 years. Are you mainly planning to target use of the land-based systems, shipboard systems, or a combination of all the various offerings? Yeah, that's a good question because it's it's uh, I think uh, I think it's around. I can't remember how long it is the, the that I'm given to speak. I think I can get them all in under that time frame. <laughs> And we're looking at it, but if not, I think we're going to focus on 3D printing. If that's if that if we have to if we have to focus on anything, I'll try and get it all in under the 40 minutes or so they they provide. By the way, I used to do deals with Mario Gabelli when I was in New York. When I was a, I was just a he was older and uh, and I was just a peep squeak. And I remember doing a couple of deals with him, uh, and uh, and it was a thrill when I was invited to at the first speak at the Gabelli, because you have to be invited to the Gabelli. To, yeah, yeah, let people know. Give everyone maybe 30-second color there on how this isn't the GeorgeCom Investor Symposium. Uh, no, being no, invited no, to be, Gabelli to, is quite the honor. Yeah, it is. He's quite a, he's quite a figure in, 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 in the financial circles, and uh, and uh, uh, you have to be invited. And we were invited, uh, I think it's our third time. And I, and I bumped into him on the stairs at once, and uh, we, we chatted, and, and it, was, it was cool. Uh, it's nice to be invited there. Uh, it's an honor. And now we're coming in, as we, we started off as a TSX venture company. And now we're on as NASDAQ company and uh, it's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be exciting. Yeah, that, that's just, just another indication of how Pyrogenesis has shifted uh, its perception in, the, in, in that side of the investment world. And you're now being invited to Gabelli symposiums. That's fantastic. Uh, next is from, moi, from moi, good old moi. Man, this is gonna be a hard hitting one. You said that silicon nanoreactor is a huge potential. Right. Over the results of the silicon nanoparticle sample that came out of this reactor uh, are beyond your expectations. So why not buy an HPQ while the value of its shares are not yet too high? Uh, it would cost less now to get a bigger stake. No. The amount of PYR, the amount that PYR can pay now to acquire HPQ at 100% is the same amount of PYR that PYR will have to pay later if we wait too long to get only 50%, what do you think? Okay, that's a long, that's a long uh, like if I'm following that, I think basically he's asking me- Why not buy at HPQ? That's quoting, really the he's, question. He's quoting my excitement and then asking, why don't I buy it? <laughs> yeah, uh, fair Mo question. Always, I, I love this guy. Mo, he always has these great questions. They're hard hitting and 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 I, and, and, I, and if I answer them, I know I'm gonna go to jail, right? So basically, um, if I answer the way he wants me to answer, um, look, the, the, there's always um, what does a company do with its capital is always a question, right? So the, the basic question is why don't you do X? Well, it's because there's other things around that we might be able to do, which is you know buy back our own shares might be an option, acquire things, expand into other areas, or just have, have some gunpowder available for opportunities that come about. So these are what uh, a, a board and management 
are play with every day. You know, uh, do we invest in a piece of equipment to do something, or do we buy some? Buy, now, with respect to HBQ, um, what what HBQ is doing? If if I acquired them right now, just think about it. If I acquired them now, uh, I'd have to fund all their growth. Right now, they're funding their growth and paying us to do you know to 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 for revenues. We already have a, 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 an option to buy fifty percent of the the battery side. Uh, we have ten percent on the royalty payments on on, on on both revenue streams from the battery and from the uh, the parent company. Uh, I think it's a great relationship we 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 have right now. Clearly, that's not to say we wouldn't acquire them or or or, or at that sometime down the road or, uh, but that's the 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 reason that the reasons that are more uh, articulated, although very good in and of themselves, have to be taken in the context of everything else we're doing and what the structure is right now. How are you, by the way? Uh, Did I answer the question, George? <laughs> as, as best as you can, probably yeah. not the way uh, some people would want it, but- no, I think I think it's the right way to answer it. Yeah, think... without cups on, that's that yeah. that's it. Uh, side question for me, how happy are you at the progress of uh, the Silicon Nano side, uh, this partnership? We, we, we're extremely excited. I mean, we have the, we have uh, HPQ on our balance sheet, right? We've invested in the company. Okay. That's great. Thank you. Izzy G uh, still sticking with the HPQ nano, but not asking why you're not buying them out. My question. So first of all, he says, thank you for your hard work and congratulations for your NASDAQ entrance. That's from Izzy G. Thank Thanks you. Izzy. My question is about your right to purchase 50% of HPQ nano. Is this right exercisable whenever you want? Uh, by doing so, I suppose it would come with a price, right? How is this price decided? If you can okay. share more details, that would be great. Yeah, it's, it's, that's very simple. Uh, basically, I think we articulated in our press release, just, but just to make it easy, uh, we have a 10% royalty stream coming from that particular sect, uh, division. Uh, and the price is that we forego all future royalty payments. So no matter... You know, it, there's not there's not a catch up. We don't give back what we what we were paid, but um, we give up all future uh, royalty payments for a fifty percent interest in the company, and that's the price. Okay, so that's a pretty easy mathematical equation there. Yeah. All right, Izzy. Thanks for the question and thanks for the compliment to Peter. Next up is Matt Boy, uh, but he asks a question that I mean I, I'm just going to say it here and and also say we dealt with it. First of all, I says, congrats on the incredible conference thus far. Can you at this time tell us what the plans are for the new manufacturing space? Fair to say we've uh, we've dealt with that? Yeah. Okay. So thanks, Matt, for that question. It was answered further up. Next up is Team Wallace. Hey, Peter, War Eagle and Rotide from Alabama. <laughs> First, thank you for your leadership and PYR for allowing me to retire a little earlier than I wanted to due to the virus. My retirement account is looking pretty good thanks to being very overweight in PYR. Uh, good for you, uh, good for you guys. One question, with all the needles being used for vaccines, have you been contacted in regard to the use, the used needles being taken to a central location and the torches being used to destroy these needles as opposed to them ending up in landfills? That's a good question. No, no, we haven't, we haven't been contacted on that one. We, we, know, we don't, uh, not, not that I know of. But this guy is it's Team Wallace, you said? Uh, Team Wallace, and he says, "Hey, Peter, yeah. War Eagle and Roll Tide from Alabama." Yeah, so uh, I, I, hopefully I won't I won't embarrass him. But he sent me an email I think yesterday. Uh, it was a bit of a laugh because his his wife fell asleep in front of the computer. Okay, and when she woke up, she saw we did a we had a press release, 
and he told me he told me that she may have had a Freudian slip. She said to her, her husband, "Hey, uh, Pyro Pyro Generous has has has, has press release something." I like and, that. And, and he said to me, <laughs> because he's he's overweighted in Pyro, and look to him and anybody else. Uh, I'm 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 honored and, and and I'm happy that that Pyrogenesis has performed and and your portfolios are are benefiting from it. But I, look, it, it's a lot of pressure to hear that somebody's overweighted in us. I mean, you got to be careful, and I don't want people to um, I want people to invest uh, in us if they want to once they know what the company's about. I mean, those are the best investors, and never to invest something that you can't sleep at at night. You know, if it starts going down, you know that that's the uh, that's the caution I, I would have. Uh, uh, well, I remember- it sounds, it sounds like Mark is sleeping really comfortably. Yeah, 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 it's good. I mean, but you know, it's, it makes me sleep more comfortably if people invest according to those metrics. I saw somebody- um, Well, remember, Peter, there's also a difference between somebody today mortgaging their house and buying uh, $200,000 worth of pyrogenesis versus Buying twenty five thousand dollars worth of yeah, 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 yeah. I just, I and just moved up ten times, right? Yeah. So, which it sounds like that's what Mark's situation is not exactly, yeah, exactly, but exactly. But as, but as CEO, I prefer. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yep. Next up is Skyrocket. No boy. Uh, hi, Peter. Congratulations. Uh, and by the way, from Germany, Skyrocket is writing from Germany. So he says, "Congratulations for you and your team for the Nasdaq entrance." I'm fully invested since June 2020 and do my very best to increase awareness of pyrogenesis in Germany with family, friends, and forums. Skyrocket, thanks for that. Much appreciated. Concerning news released from uh, March 11th, this new addition to our intellectual property portfolio brings a total number of issued and pending patents held by the company to 124, which is a historical high. Yeah. My question, will these 124 patents or 19 families of inventions creating new business lines next to the current existing business lines for pyrogenesis? Okay, so yeah, I hate somebody when they say yes and no as an answer, but yes and no. And the reason is uh, these patents will uh, definitely get us into new arenas. For instance, um, if we can produce um, uh, 3D printing powders faster, uh, and more economically, then that will open up a new range of, of metal wires that we can uh, uh, um, uh, convert into powder. So it's essentially, yes, it's a new business line if we can do that. Uh, but no, because it's still the same thing. We produce powder. So I don't want to, I don't want to um, uh, mislead someone by saying yes, it's new business lines. I view it as new business lines when you open up a whole new arena of, 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 of sorry, opportunities to produce different different powders yes right. oh, and and and, and uh, thank you very much skyrocket for uh, spreading the word we're actually finding a lot of interest coming from uh, Europe particularly Germany and we're looking at ways to get the word out in Germany which is a different space than in North America they they tend to do things more through print than through than through um, uh, meeting one-on-one -on -one meetings so if you have any suggestions uh, feel free to send them off, off offline thank you skyrocket Yep. Thanks, Guy Rocket, on behalf of everybody. Uh, next up is G Dodd. Dear Peter, really been impressed by your generosity during the last QA where you took the time answering all our questions. <laughs> during the Super Bowl QA, you said, quote, think inside the box to provide added value to customers. Please, can you comment about the last press release from Rio Tinto, who uh, become became 
the first North American company to produce scandium to be used in 3D printers. Rio Tinto also mentions producing this high value material from waste. Dross right, question mark, here in Quebec. Thanks again. So any comments about what Rio Tinto is doing there? So I recall, I, I recall uh, so I think basically what Rio Tinto was, uh, is doing is they, um, they opened up a scandium plant uh, because they, uh, they were going to extract scandium from some tailings that were, um, that were being generated from another plant. So tailings are a waste stream. So they had a waste stream from another plant that had scandium, scan, I can't pronounce it properly, yeah, scandium. Scandium, yeah, yeah, it's not easy, scandium. And so they're processing these the scandium tailings and they're generating these billets, these alloy billets that have a high, uh, high purity scandium oxide in it. So they're taking these billets and uh, they're sending it off to Amero, Amero, Amero which is an Australian um, 3D printing company that uses laser-based additive uh, manufacturing processes. So they're laser-based. Now, I don't know what's actually happening, but I believe, uh, I'm assuming because we know Amero and we know that they work closely with um, a group called uh, MCAM, I think, uh, something uh, at a many, uh, anyways, it's a, it's, a, it's a university group that will, we believe, process these billets into atom, uh, uh, powder, uh, powder for, for 3D printing. Now, um, Monash, Monash, that's it, Monash uh, Center, of, uh, Center for Atom Manufacturing. So uh, they don't use uh, the next gen process. And we believe the next gen process is the ideal process to provide to to create um, a, a powders from. So, uh, uh, Rio Tinto is not actually creating the powders; they're just selling their their billets to yeah. somebody who is going to further process it using a different process, and then giving it to a, a Mero, I believe, the, to to use in their laser their laser process. Uh, can we do it better? I think so. <laughs> we weren't offered the opportunity; we didn't know about it. But uh, hey, that's that is what it is. Uh, but yeah, that's what's happening. I think. I think uh, I answered, that, that's. I think that answers the question. I may have gone, and it's all public information, or uh, that I, we don't know anything uh, that's not public. Next, uh, next is from Frank Pentangeli. Is that a is that a Godfather? <laughs> is that a Godfather uh, character? I think it is, isn't it? I don't know. I'm gonna Google it while you're while you're uh, while you're answering the question, Mr. Pascali. Can you speak? a little to the current state of waste, the waste management side of the business. Do you see a push towards cleaner waste management or are many industries still avoiding the issue until they're mandated to address it? No, um, well, I, I'm not, I, I can't speak. I mean, I don't know enough about the industry, but from my perspective, we're seeing that there's a, a huge move to becoming green, consciously green, not legislative green. Um, in fact, in, I think I have mentioned that there's a, a huge iron or pelletizer uh, who has put together a multi-billion dollar program internally and funding it by, by floating a bond last summer for about one and a half billion dollars to reduce their greenhouse gas footprint. And, it, and it's not based on legislation. It's based basically on, on um, investors, uh, the public, uh, environmentalists, their board and banks, I believe, uh, tying credit facilities to their greenhouse gas footprint. So there's there is a move afoot, I believe, at least the, at least in the in the segments we're we're addressing, to be green without being 
um, having to do it because of the law. We're seeing that. We're seeing that. So, uh, to, to, so, so to speak to the general question, which I think is, do we see that there's an increase in, in awareness and, and movement on corporate sides to become green? Yes, we yeah, see that. No, no doubt about it. I mean, that's what I'm seeing. And obviously people want to hear what you see, but yeah. it's, it's clearly happening. Uh, and he also asks, can the torches potentially be used at nut butter roasting facility? A nut butter roasting facility. Is that a joke? I don't know. Yeah. Nut butter roasting. I don't know. Do they use diesel burners? I don't know. But look, um, nut butter roasting. If you know I something about nut butter roasting, may, I'm going to put you may, on jeopardy. because this may, is a- may not, may, may, com, may be competing with my plasma pizzeria offering. So uh, uh, we'll have to see if it, if, right. it, if it competes or not. And, and uh, Frank says, thank you, Peter, for making uh, the planet Earth great again. Well, thanks and a lot. Frank, we loved you in The Godfather because I did look it up and that is the character. Uh, oh, really? Frank Patanjali, <laughs> yeah. So, so he, he keyed it off the, the Godfather. Uh, I, yeah. I, just hope, I just hope I answered it properly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, you better or he'll brother sh- his brother show up because if you remember, his brother showed up to uh, the Senate hearing there. Next hey. up is younger guy. I love these questions. It's going to change it up a little bit here. Hey, Peter, I have three questions for you. One, yeah. can you give us an update on the swag? Oh, the swag. Apparel with humans, like apes discovering plasma, fire, uh, apparel related to the dynasty, uh, Patagonia or other brand fleece vests with the Pyrogenesis label, hydro flask bottles with the Pyrogenesis logos. In other words, he's hungry for some kind of swag. Where, where are you guys at on that, if, if anywhere? I know you said I you want the priorities, but where are you at? It is. It is sort of like a priority. It is a priority. It's, it's something that we want to do. Um, uh, Rodin and Clemence are actively, are, are aggressively looking for, we were looking for quality products, like things that you'll wear and be proud to wear. And it's got good quality. That's one thing. Um, uh, and, uh, and yeah, so we're moving forward. It's, it takes time. It takes time. And we're just inundated right now, left and right with things that are happening. But it's moving forward. Every week we reprocess it a little further. Good. How do we put it onto our, our 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 website? How do we collect the money? How much is going to? We want it all to go to charity and yep. all the. Want to make sure everyone knows that. How do we do these type of things? It, it takes a little thinking because we don't want to just come out with some stuff that comes going to break or not be worth it. And we also wanted to have some character, you know, some some some, some swag. So yeah, so it's it's on it's it's, and if people have any interest, like uh, things that they may find interesting that they'd like to have uh see in the swag center uh feel free to to, to email us or uh, to put it on agoracom and we'll, we'll we'll do our best and by the way i do want to float something here that we talked about for just 30 seconds the other day and and you you can't really i, I mean you're going to maybe provide an answer but what we really want for everyone watching is to provide an answer on agoracom which is we know that nfts non-fungible tokens have become a really big deal. If you're not familiar with them, we won't go through it here, but basically the digital collection world is now really underway. Uh, And something we were thinking about, I talked about with Peter is, you know, there's history here now. Pyrogenesis was a TSX venture company. When you start with us, you probably had a $40 million mark cap. We did our first videos back then. Now you're NASDAQ, well north of a billion. So for everyone at home, we were wondering what Peter and I were thinking about was, creating NFTs out of some of the original posts or videos that Peter might have done in the very, very early days, because those are almost like digital collectible items 
uh, sell them off. And again, all proceeds from that go into the charity or charities that uh, Power Genesis is going to be is going to be working with. But let us know your feedback on that. We think it's exciting so, because kind of like Sergey Brin and the Google no, guys having so their I, first videos. Yeah, I, I don't want to distance myself from this. Is your idea, George? Okay, yeah, yeah, it is my idea. I, I think and, it's uh, and, I think it's interesting. And uh, and. Uh, and I said, yeah, 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 George. Okay, bye, George. No, so no, I'm just kidding. So what I like the the idea, George, was you said that, and, and I know I know about these uh, these type of tokens, um, and they're they're interesting. I, I don't see I, I see maybe how we could do it, but the idea was that all the profits would go to charity, and that's what that's what I really like. I mean, if we could do something that that um, that is uh, e easy enough and, and interesting enough and unique, uh, and it goes to charity. I'm all in. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a hundred percent. None of us are. Neither of us are looking to put yeah. any money in our pockets. I just thought it'd be a really cool way to yeah. provide shareholders who really love Pyro with history. You know, uh, now yeah. we know these aren't going to sell for a million dollars today. You're hearing some crazy things in the NFT world, but hey, NFTs are bought today. First video of Peter or the second video, and five years from now, God bless if the company goes where we think it may go. Uh, that's going to be a digital collector item. You know. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, that, that's where I'm thinking. Let us know in Agoracom what you guys think, if there's an appetite for that. Uh, his second question from Younger Guy. Can you give us a refresher on your idea of building a dynasty? I liked hearing about how you want to build deep value, not temporary rush value, but deep value. You weren't in it for the month, the quarter of the year. You're in it to build a dynasty. Yeah, I said that in one of your interviews, and, I, and I, apparently... Uh, it, it got some uh, resonance with people that heard it. I, I didn't find it was that big a deal um, other than I was talking about it in terms of why people may find that um, things go a little slower than, uh, than normal uh, in other companies. So my idea is to, you know, I'm building a dynasty means that I'm not doing it for the press release. I'm not a CEO that that basically has you know two percent two percent ownership in the company and I get a big bonus at the quarter. So I, I want to come out with 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 um, uh, uh, something that's a splash that'll affect my bonus. You know that's not it. Uh, what I what I what I'm trying to, to 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 describe when I say build a dynasty is I'm I'm structuring deals and relationships that we can live with ten years from now, and that's important. Um, we reinvest in the company um, uh, to, to take advantage of our, our leadership position, our first mover advantage in some of these, in some of these um, business segments. Uh, so that's why, you know, we, we will sacrifice, we will sacrifice, I'm, I'm, I, know, I, I don't think I'm saying anything untoward, we'll sacrifice current profits uh, so that we can invest and because we have a first mover advantage everywhere, we got to grab it and take it. And, uh, you know, one of the people that really understand this is Kathy Woods. You know, I've, I've, I've listened to some of Kathy Woods um, uh, talks now that now that we're part of her, her, uh, her, her ETF. And I find, you know, holy Toledo, she gets me. She gets it. You know, uh, it's, it's not about, you know, profits right now. It's about being, you know, first mover in a disrupting industry and, and grabbing it. You don't do it by just slowing down and generating profits for crying out loud. Anyways, so so what were we talking about here? We're talking, what was the question? Sorry, George. Uh, I'm getting no, Well, you're answering it there. You're, you're our answering, which is, uh, you know, younger guy, just want to just oh, oh, yeah, say it, that it, again about so, how you are folks on a dynasty. Yeah. I love the fact that you're not quarter to quarter. 
Yeah. I never thought that was insane to try and run a company quarter to quarter. I couldn't do that no, privately. No, no, no. no. In fact, uh, there's a, a, there was a recent company, uh, the company near close by that basically made a huge acquisition recently. You know, and you have to wonder why they made the bloody acquisition in my book. Okay, I, I'm not going to go into any details, uh, but uh, um, when you look at management, are they going to be around in ten years, five years? Uh, and and I and I, you know, so um, if I make an acquisition, it, it's hopefully, you know, fingers crossed. You know, at least it's not going to be for the quarter. I mean, hopefully it will be. I mean, hopefully it'll have impact right away. But you know, it's it's, it's with a long term view of, of of the acquisition. So you're not, in other I'm, words, I'm you're not you're not going anywhere. I'm I'm not going any. Well, that's you know, it might be taken wrong. The shorts are going to quote me if I say, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> say, hey, he admits he's not going anywhere. What I'm saying is, we're not going to disappear for crying out loud. Uh, we're here. We're here for the long term. We plan for the long term. We structure for the long term, and that's how companies should be done, no matter what. I mean, that's that's the view that people should take. But too often, and uh, not. Uh, the, the, the management is appealing to uh, the sound bites that are demanded by investment bankers, you know, the, the street and things like that. Wow. I, I mean, I believe our, we're proof that if you keep on doing it with a longer term view, eventually when you keep on doing it, people will notice. Follow and they, and they notice with a bang. Sorry. Follow up question to that. Yeah. Are you satisfied with your positioning now? to meet your dynasty, you know, desires. Uh, are you, you know, how happy are you with the current state of affairs of pyrogenesis that you can look for 10, 15, 20 years, say we're, Static. we're on the right path. Static. Static. That's great. Look, we got here, uh, George, with nobody following us. We didn't have support. We didn't have promotion. We didn't have any like the, anything that other companies may do. You know, uh, we got here basically by performing and, um, and, we're performing, and as a small company, an emerging company, we are always looking. At, you know, we're, we're struggling. We're challenged. We had to. We had. We wanted to move forward. We had to keep the lights on, make payroll, and things like that. Now we have no debt. Now we have no debt. Um, we have cash on the balance sheet. If you thought we were dangerous before, <laughs> now, and you're asking me before, were we well positioned to meet our, our my view of dynasty? Yeah, we were. We did. Now, now. Oh my goodness, we're, we, 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 I'm in heaven. I'm in heaven right now. Great yeah. question, younger guy. Great answer there, Peter. And younger guy's last question is, without giving, without giving any non-public information, I really like this question. Uh, we're all passionate about uh, the company. Are we missing, when he says we, the shareholders, are we missing anything that you think we should be celebrating or discussing more? So is there a part of the business that everyone knows about that's been publicly released, you know, things that you're doing that maybe they're not given enough uh, well, attention? It's, it's hard because it's hard for me to talk to that because I know so much what's, about what's happening, you know, in the company. I don't know if people really understand. I, I don't know. I mean, um, I think people are getting it more and more. I think people are getting what's happening more and more. And they're looking back and they're appreciating the decisions that were made at the time they were made, why we disclose what we disclose at the time. So I think people are getting it. The people that take the time are getting it more and more. So, um, the, um, the 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 I, I think no, I don't think there's anything uh, that I, I can speak to on that one right here, George. It's uh, well, they are doing great due diligence. Look at the questions here. It's like they they yeah, have yeah, yeah, they yeah, have yeah. you guys all all of you haven't left one stone unturned here. Great questions about different aspects of the company, patents on. So it's probably fair to say that 
they're giving dude everything that you'd like him to say, that you'd like him to pay attention. Yeah, to. Yeah. I, I think I, I, I never find that when I read articles or I read the blogs, when I do sometimes, I don't get a sense that they reflect the same excitement that I have, of, you know, of where we are and what we, we're going to do. But that's okay. In, in, due, in due time. <laughs> see, I see the opposite. I'm not sure where else you might be reading, but on a Gorecom at least. Well, I'm talking about how excited I am. Oh, that's the right thing. I mean, if things are going well, I should be more excited. Oh, okay. else because I guess that's the I guess that's the right way. That's the right dynamics. I should actually be more excited if things are going well the way they should be than everybody else because it takes time for it to go from what I know into the public into the public arena. So, uh, yeah, I guess I guess it's the right it's the right dynamics between me and and, and the and the investors. Next up is Bursey. Good day, Peter. We as shareholders have seen a lot of you and you have built confidence and trust in your retail shareholder base. All great companies have a strong business continuity succession plan in place. Uh-oh. I'm wondering <laughs> if you can provide some insight into uh, your other key personnel and in fact confirm that you and the board feel that there is an adequate plan in place in the event of key personnel disruption. That's an interesting question. No, of course. I mean, that, the board always and any board considers, you know, what what the story is and, and what the situation is and, and and things like that. And I've always said that I'm the face of pyrogenesis, but it's, I'm not pyrogenesis. It's the team. The team is bigger than me, George. I mean, if something happens to me, um, and the company's going to continue, it may continue down a different road or different opportunities, or maybe there'll be a different uh, a different take on things. But it's going to continue. Um, so I'm not. I'm not dispensable as much as I like to think I am. And neither is really any one, one, one player in Pyrogenesis. That's what's so unique about it. It's a team and we all work hard. We all have the oars in, in, in the same direction. We meet the challenges uh, together. Uh, there's nobody, you know, backstabbing other people. It's not just not the way it is here. So uh, to answer your question, is there a succession plan in place? The board is satisfied that there is. Again, I'm not indispensable. That's that's maybe a new a news flash to. I'm, I don't believe I'm indispensable. Um, the um, well, then we may run moi in the next annual shareholders meeting as an as a as a potential to CEO then, because he seems like he's really aggressive on the acquisition front. <laughs> so if you're not indispensable, then maybe we'll we'll run somebody. We'll run one of the shareholders. Yeah. Well. Uh, yes. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we can put it to a vote, I guess. The, um, the bottom line is uh, it's something that, and also from my perspective, I'm, I'm, I have a majority shares holders. And when I'm creating a dynasty, I'm creating it to, you know, uh, and so that is something that's always on my mind. You know, if something happens to me, what is going to happen? So I, I've got, a, 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 I've, I've had a, a group within the company. Uh, it's called the strategic management group. It's unique. And I don't know if it, and many other companies that have anything like this. Um, and it's been going on for years. It's not just the past year, two years. It's been, I think, at least Great. 10 years I've had a strategic management group. And, and we, we, we talk several times a day sometimes on different matters. When there's a key discussion, um, uh, it's, it's with the strategic management group. So it's not just all in my head. And, and God forbid something should happen to any one of us. The strategic management group is there to conti for continuation. So that's that, great. I think that, that answers the question. It does. And I just want to add in that that's great, Peter, because a lot of strong leaders the one fault they have is they just want to be the leader, get out of my way, just follow my lead, I'll get everything done. But the fact that you've got a strategic management group within the company and everybody's on the same page that's is not, pretty, that's it's not pretty not good. That, that's not to say that's not how I operate, but at least I do it with some advice from the strategic management group. 
yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not saying you're managing by democracy either, but at the same time, you, uh, you know, frankly speaking, it's great to know that everyone knows where your head is at, where everyone else, where are we going? What, what are we thinking this quarter, this year, this decade? So if something does happen to somebody, you know, the plans already, the blueprint is still intact. Uh, Elan S2, question Peter. Will the sale of plasma torches to operators of pellet plants allow Pyro to earn and sell carbon credits? If Tesla can do that with cars, why not plasma torches? So it's an interesting question. I always view uh, carbon credits as just an, a, a source of uh, a benefit that should be shared somehow, either in the purchase price or whatnot. Um, we have structured some uh, uh, arrangements in the past. I can't remember, but basically, um, we would share in the carbon credits with, of, 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 of implementing our offering. So it's something, yeah, it's something that we know about and we try to incorporate it into the, uh, into the pricing, or we will try. Yeah, and Tesla, by the way, can do all of it because their customers retail based. So when, when they sell a car, chances are George, the purchaser isn't going to be using the carbon credit. So I guess that's why they, they can do it either. But good to know that you've got it incorporated. We, 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 it would be very difficult for us to actually take the carbon credits because we actually need the, uh, the client to give us the data. Yeah. So the, the best case we can do is some sort of a sharing arrangement. Yeah. And that's because you're B2B versus uh, Tesla, which is B2C. Metal 7 in Set Eel uses plasma to apply anti-wear coatings to rollers and other stuff that is used in aggressive environments. They also make bunker C burners for use in pellet plants. Could they also manufacture plasma torches to compensate for the loss of sales? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, it's, 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 it's um, for loss of sales, their sales, I guess. I don't understand the question. Well, how about this? Could they also manufacture, let's cut that part out because I was thinking the same thing, but could they also manufacture plasma torches? Period. I don't, I don't, so what what was the the, set, the sentence beforehand? Do they what do they do with plasma? Um, use plasma to apply anti-wear coatings to rollers and other stuff in aggressive environments. They also make bunker C burners for I'll, use I'll, in pellet I'll plants. Speak, I'll speak to a generality. I mean, to a general. I don't know about. I won't speak to them specifically. But generally speaking, um, uh, operating a plasma torch is not trivial. No. And uh, and operating one that doesn't impinge on other people's patents is unique and things like that is again, another level of expertise. Um, for them to produce plasma torches, they have to have an application. It'd probably be easier for them to buy the plasma torch and sell it to the application or use it in an application. But um, I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not concerned about, uh, our plasma torches are very, very unique. Very, very unique. And um, there's, I don't believe there's enough plasma torch, torch manufacturers in the world to address the potential business applications that plasma can be used in. Um, since you said that, just just you know, sharing some of the knowledge inside your head with everybody else. Aside from some of the applications we've seen that Pyro's already talked about, what other applications do you see coming down the road? And I'm not asking this in terms of for pyrogenesis, so you're not giving. You know, but what are other applications do you see for plasma torches that we wouldn't have already that we wouldn't know or be aware of? Or so you're asking me. So you're asking me to identify different uh, opportunities that would be good for plasma torches. That yeah, because you just said there are enough plasma torches that, that, that people would not be aware of. That people would not be aware of, correct? Right. 
I'm not yeah, going to tell you, George, in the world where we <laughs> think there's a huge advantage and, you know, have everybody rush there. Um, actually, for all those that are listening, I think there's a, a very interesting opportunity to use plasma torches to turn banana leaves into gold. And I think everyone should rush and look at that opportunity right now. Uh, is that a joke? Banana leaves to gold, George, with plasma torches. Go for it. Oh. Is it a joke? If you have to ask me if it's a joke, George. <laughs> no, no. I didn't think so. <laughs> you say you had a straight face on that one, so I didn't want to laugh. Yeah. Well, you asked me, you know, tell the whole world where the next opportunity for plasma is. No way. All right. But <laughs> fair to say that but ta but plasma torch applications are going to multiply and multiply from what you're seeing over yep. the next. And when you see banana, banana leaves being turned into gold by plasma torches, you heard it here first. All right, that's a new spin out. There you go. John Gok asks, can you comment on a relationship you currently have with Rio Tinto? Clearly not, even no. if you did or if you didn't. Again. No. All right. Uh, and by the way, Elan S2 also asked, can you confirm that the quote for four torches was for four torches was to I IOC Labrador City? I no. don't know if you can confirm anything. Yeah, no. guys, one thing is you can't. Those questions are never going to get, they're never going to get answered, period. Neither confirmed nor denied. Well, it's, it's good that you ask them so people know they're asked in the forum when, yeah. they, when they send them in, but uh, we can't yeah. ask, we can't answer those ones. Money Poet, what in your opinion is Pyro's exposure to clean energy theme? Is Pyro a clean energy pure play at this time or foreseeably? I've always said, I think Pyrogenesis is an ESG play. It seems like that's where it's, it's going it's, towards. What, what type of, what type of, what, what was the, uh, uh, clean energy. Are, yeah, is pyrogenesis a clean energy pure play at this we're, time? We're, we're, we're definitely environmental pure play. All our offerings contribute to reducing uh, and improving, not uh, reducing greenhouse gases or improving the environment to some degree. Uh, yeah, we're, we're very much a, 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 play, a pure play in terms of the environment. Alien landing. I love this question. Hi, Peter. Love the way Pyro is bulking up with bulging muscles. Looking forward to seeing more torn shorts, torn shirts in even larger sizes. A bit of a fluff question, but when do you anticipate Pyro having its own intercontinental private jet? <laughs> right now, uh, actually, that's actually, I mean, I, I want to fly on a plane with lots of people, go, go through bustling airports. I am so fed up with being uh, locked down and alone. <laughs> Put me on a passenger jet, a commercial passenger jet with lots of people. <laughs> you know, so anyways, I don't think we're going to ever have an, in, an intercontinental private jet. But remember, he didn't say no. So there's a chance. <laughs> that famous saying. So definitely. there's a chance? <laughs> Thanks, Aiden Landing. Love questions like that to break it up. And uh, it just speaks more to the relationship that shareholders have with you, right, Peter? That they feel that comfortable to post an open forum, to be in a video. And that's what I love about the relationship you've cultivated with your shareholders. Well, thanks a lot, George. It's, 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 it, uh, your platform has, has gone a long way to getting us there. Armand Four, who says, you may call me Aaron if you like, and I'm a male. That's great, Aaron, because sometimes we say, Hey, is that, uh, we don't know if it's a guy or a girl. So, okay. So now we know Armand is a male. Cheers to you, George, for this platform. It's invaluable as a long-term investor for the access and information provides. You're welcome. Thanks, uh, Aaron. Congrats to you and your team, Peter, for the consistent accomplishment of your personal and company goals. Uh, your efficient and appropriate use of capital in an honorable business sector is why I'm proud 
to be a Pyrogenesis owner and will continue to be for what will hopefully be decades. Keep doing what you're doing. And that's a great statement. Thanks, Thanks Aaron. First question, uh, royalty agreement with HPQ uh, Nano, we've gone over that. Um, so we'll thanks for the question, but we'll leave that aside. Uh, second question is, it was announced recently about larger facility, larger space. We've talked about that. Uh, he says, I'm sure it's not for indoor track practice. We didn't answer that, but we can confirm that it's not. So there's, there's going to be business going on. Uh, third question, there have been many tremendous leaders over, the over time in the world of business, politics, religion, military, sports. Who is the leader that influenced you the most and why? That's a, that's a, that's a good question. Well, the, um, I mean, there's a, there's a, there's amazing, there's amazing leaders in the world. I don't study them though, George. I mean, there's some people that study leaders <clears throat> and know and read their biographies and things. I, I just, I don't, uh, I don't do that. I guess Winston Churchill was quite an, an interesting character. Uh, failed English, almost failed, I think failed English, but came out with a, now there's a Churchillian English. He, he was a great leader in a time of, of need. Um, but really, I don't, I don't, I'm not one of those type of people that study, I mean, it sounds arrogant, right? I don't study leaders and say, well, I aspire to be like them. <clears throat> I just, I just marched to my own drum, I suspect, um, to my music. I saw something the other day, actually quite interesting, uh, There are some people that dance, that they're, they're, no, those that dance are thought to be crazy by people that don't hear the music. I mean, <laughs> it's interesting saying, I don't know, it just came to my mind. But no, uh, it, you know, the, you know, hold on. You know what? Without being too tree hugging and things like that, you know, my parents, my parents, my mother and my father were, my father in his own way was a true leader. He was very, he, he was very, uh, he took sometimes some difficult positions because they're the right decisions. And as a child, you saw it from a distance, but you know, it's ingrained in you. My mother brought me up on certain uh, philosophies. In fact, she used to always read to me. I think I mentioned it in, in Agoricom, uh, the, 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 um, the poem by Rudyard Kipling called If. It's a pretty, it, 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 you know, to, I, I grew up on that poem. She read it to me every night when I went to bed for since I was a little kid to when, I don't know, um, you know, even if it's for two years, I mean, I can't remember how when it, when she stopped. But probably was eight or nine or seven or something. But she'd always read it. And the there's there's a message in if that that I guess was ingrained in me. So they took they were they were leaders in their own way. My parents, and, uh, and this is not like an Emmy uh, Academy Award. I think my producer and my parents. No, really, in terms of leadership, yeah. And uh, but any great leaders in the world, there's lots of great leaders uh, in the world. Uh, the little I know about them, uh, uh, the segments I know about them are, are interesting and I, I admire them, but I don't really model myself against one or, or try to be like one particular one. But you've done right by your parents, that's for sure. And look, I've been working side by side with you for three, four years. Yeah. And yeah, you uh, you definitely march your own drum, but you, you're very strong. You know what you want, but at the same time, you're collaborative and very principled while you're doing it all. So and it's only when your you parents did a fantastic job. It's only, it's only when you get older and you realize why you're doing some things and yeah. why they might work. And you say, holy Toledo, it's my mother and my father taught me that and I didn't realize it. Uh, so that's the answer. To Mama and Papa Pascali, thank you. There we go. Uh, off the Swedish Viking, love the name. 
One, what kind of different metals are you planning on using in your additive division going forward? Well, what we have used is, um, you know, titanium is a main one. Uh, we have, I think, press release our capability to, uh, uh, I don't know if we press release it, so I won't say it. And then we did uh, uh, a specialty metal for uh, the military. So there's lots of different wires we can use. Um, uh, and uh, so I think you asked, what, what, what are they? We, we won't sp talk specifically to them, uh, but there's a lot of different wires that we can use. All, all, all the ones that are being, all the ones that are commonly described in the literature we can do. The second question is, how is competition looking with all those other metals? Is Pyre the lone king on the hill? Now, you're not addressing specific metals, but there are obviously many metals out there. How's the competition look? Do you have a better process? So the, 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 the hill is, is the king, the king of the hill, or the, as you mentioned, is it, it's a, it's not a very populous hill, you know, making uh, uh, powders for 3D printing using plasma. It's not crowded at all. Um, there may be two other players, one who I don't think is credible at all, one who I think is, you know, I, I, I like them. Uh, uh, but even, even if everybody that could produce powders using plasma did them, there's not enough, there's not enough plasma, uh, powders produced by plasma, I think, to address the marketplace. So it's a lonely hill. There's not very many people on it. And uh, I think I answered this question, maybe. Got it. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Not sure. Last question. Not sure I'll get an answer, but any hint? No, I'd probably say that right now. When we might expect cash flow from the additives will be greeted with a space hug and screams of joy. Well, we've said it's, it's this year that we're going to be producing powder. Um, and we're very excited about it. Very excited about it. Hoagie. Hello, Peter and George. Thanks for the opportunity to ask questions. First question is regarding your recent patents. Uh, you just announced a patent approval in Europe, and I saw this one, method and apparatus for producing fine spherical powders from coarse, da da, da. As, uh, as well, can you expand on the patents and how important you feel they will be? To me, they both seem significant and seem to give you advantages and open up new opportunities in powders. Yeah, so, uh, you know, particularly when we put the powder app, uh, the patent applications together, you know, we're not made of money. So going forward with a patent is a very, is a very uh, serious decision of pyrogenesis um, because we're spending money. So they have to actually have a, 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 an impact on our business, uh, on our ability to enter into new markets in a very, um, in a very, in, in, in a very um, significant way. And it also is uh, defensive. Um, if you, it, goes, it builds up a barrier to entry as well. So these patents that we, when you hear about we, we're processing a patent, it's very significant for us to do that. We don't do it just for willy-nilly uh, silliness. Second question is about your comment on November financials that you are, quote, selectively considering strategic alliances with technology, technologies and technology providers to help accelerate, become a world leader in GHD emissions reduction. Can you comment on where you stand with these discussions? So not who, but where? No, we're not, uh, no. Okay. It's no, the answer is no. But thanks for the question. Robert GL, yeah. how is the Dross Right Enterprise going? Can they expand operation to other metal draws such as tin? 
there are other there are other there are other metals that arguably we could process, but right now uh, we made a huge impact in uh, in the aluminum industry, and we're leveraging off of that because that's the easiest one to do. Um, and so we're we're concentrating right now on aluminum. Uh, there there are as we said in the past there are other other metals, but we're going to con we're concentrating on aluminum right now. When focus returns to waste incineration and waste to energy, have you considered creating a spin-off company for waste management in its entirety? Sounds pretty premature. Uh, if Pyro designs and builds systems, it would seem it would seem possible to sell or lease and manage entire systems to clients and do a profit sharing scheme by bypassing third parties. So I, I, there was a couple of questions there. What was the first bit? Was... Uh, would you create it? Would you essentially have you considered creating a spin-off company for waste okay. management in its so, entirety? So for those that are new to the uh, to the story, I have said in the past that I believe that we are a complicated offering. Even now that we've tried to simplify things, we're still complicated, and it, we're probably best served that once um, um, a, a, a division or so gets to a particular size uh, to to spin it off so that it can have its own um, investment, its own strategy. Uh, I still, I still am a, 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 I'm still a believer of that. I won't go into all the, the boring details why. I've done it in other, in other interviews. But uh, to answer the question, the board is always considering ways of increasing shareholder value by either acquisitions or spin-outs. G Papley too. Hello, Peter. Thanks for taking my question. Is the one torch sold to, I believe, client A for valuation installed and operational? And if so, have you had any feedback? And a big thank you for your leadership. I, I can't speak to that, um, those type of things uh, in, this, in this particular forum. Octavius, thank you very much for the Q&A. Such a shareholder-friendly company like Pyrogenesis is very rare. I appreciate it very much. One, when will the deal with Auburn Duval bear fruit in terms of cash flow? I think you've already kind of answered that by saying sometime this year, you've already made the statement that. Anyway, having said that, um, uh, yeah, I said we we're going to be, we're going to start uh, producing powders. And so that I believe is, goes hand in hand with, um, with our, uh, with Obert Duval. So what was the question exactly about Obert Duval? When will the deal with Auburn Duval bear fruit in terms of cash well, flow? Uh, well, it's interesting. He says cash flow, okay, but you know it has borne fruit, quite a bit of fruit for us, um, in, in, in all sorts of uh, introductions, advisory role. Um, uh, so, so it has borne fruit, but in terms of cash flow, we have to produce powders first. The Japanese trading house is not mentioned in the presentation. Can we assume that Pyrogenesis no longer needs a middleman? Um, what? What the Japanese trading house was brought in to do was try and help us um, generate to, to offset some of the 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 the, 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 um, the weaknesses we had in trying to operate dross uh, dross furnaces for ourselves in uh, in 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 other parts of the world. So the the parties do do are are we um, are we dependent on middlemen? Um, I think we are fast, fastly becoming independent of that need. However, the Japanese trading company does has a, have a role in very specific instances, and uh, we are still, we'll still, we, we are still, um, you know, have a relationship with them. However, uh, COVID affected them slightly differently than us, and so True. things have slowed down 
uh, with respect to act actively in, in having them involved in, in some of our draw straight uh, opportunities. And Octavius wishes you a good day and we wish you a good day in return. Stabler, congrats to the whole team at Pyro for making it to TSX and NASDAQ. Now that you're on the these major exchanges, good question here. It's almost like a procedural thing. A, would you be having conference calls after quarter after after quarter results and any major news announcements? You know, once I'm done with the quarter and the, with the bloody auditors, like I don't want to see those numbers ever again, let alone talk about them. Um, because I find that uh, what the audit, what the accounting industry does to financials is, is an abom abomination. Anyways, having said that, um, I'll have to look at it. If it helps, uh, if it helps, we'll, we'll do them, uh, uh, or I'll do them, or a CFO will do them. I think if that's, I'll have to look and see how that's how that's regarding the marketplace. If, it, if it's wanted, uh, if it's if it's required, not required. If it's if it's wanted, if it's if 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 it helps investors, All but right. we haven't made a decision yet. And in your financial results, and I like this question because a lot of NASDAQ big companies do this. They have conference calls. The other thing they do is they provide guidance. So a stabler is asking, you know, Kenny the Snake Stabler, in your quarterly results, will you provide guidance for the, for the following quarters or full year? So what we've done in the past, George, is we have provided guidance, uh, I think we either two or three times in a row now. Um, I believe that if we have information that can help investors, it, 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 we should try and give guidance. But I don't want to get stuck into a uh, into a, a situation where we could, we constantly give guidance and we're forced to give guidance when there's really none that we can give. Uh, the the guidance that we gave in the past was basically um, uh, because what was coming up in the next quarter we saw we thought was so drastically different from what people may expect and historically that it was prudent to to clue people in a bit. Um, so we'll see that the problem with guidance is that if you meet it, oh, nothing happens, but if you miss it, you're killed. So it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one, but um, we'll see. We'll see. I've, I've been, I've been, I gave guidance recently uh, in the past few times against the, uh, against the advice of others. I thought it was the appropriate thing to do given the, the, the news. We'll, we'll see what, what uh, we'll see. We'll see. The next question is from Common Sense, but I'm going to call an audible here. And uh, Common Sense asks a great question, but it's a long hypothetical about whether um, whether it be possible to use plasma torch processes for mining purposes. And there's a really long hypothetical. If you do this, you do. So what I will what we'll endeavor to do is, Peter, I'll send you this question, uh, or I'll post it on Agoracom, and then maybe so, so the question is basically: Can plasma torches be used for mining? Yeah, but he has, uh, but he has very, very specific uh, uh, scenario here, hypothetical, um, and I don't think this is the place to do it because. Well, generally speaking, I believe it could be. All right, and what I'll do is I'll post that. We'll make sure it gets posted, and then you can chime in there in the next couple of days with right. your thoughts on that. So, common sense. Thanks for going through this, but because of hypothetical of something that doesn't exist right now this probably isn't the place to go through a, a long hypothetical like that, but I love the time and effort you put into it. So we're going to make sure it gets, uh, it gets attended to. Uh, G E X E geeks geeks. I'm not sure how you'd pronounce that, but G X E. Hello, Peter. I'm a German shareholder since 2016 and tend to stay invested for a very long time. Thank you. Uh, thanks for the great work. You and your whole team 
uh, are doing. Thanks very, very much. Thanks also to George for his great interviews. You're welcome. Stay healthy. My question. Did he really say that? Did he say that? Thanks, George, for the great interviews. You just put that in. I, I just added that in. Ah, there you go. No. <laughs> I was going to add it, and you're very handsome, and you have better hair than Peter, but I decided <laughs> that, might, that might give me away. There you go. <laughs> no, but thanks, Gexi. That's appreciated, and uh, always nice to hear. Pyro has so many different business units now with everything that is currently developing. How do you prioritize your work? So their question is, I have a few concerns. Does Pyro have the capacity and the staff to focus on all the currently important developments like iron ore, additive powder, HQ nano, draw right tunneling, waste management. Do you have this? Yeah, Liz, that's a fair question, right? Are yeah. you are you a victim of your own success? We have so much that you yeah. can't take it all on, but you don't want to give it away either. So what's no, the status no, no. there? That's a very good question. I mean, basically, if you come new to the story, you see all these things happening. I say, oh my goodness, but we've been doing it. Um, we've been doing it all the time. I mean, uh, now we're instead of applying it to developing and research, we're actually commercializing. Um, we're very, very, very uh, disciplined, very, very disciplined. And we don't go too far afield. So what we've done is we've created, as I've said in some of my presentations, you know, four offerings that are very independent of each other. Um, so that's good. You know, if something happens in one, it doesn't slow down the other. And that's what you want. So you, you do want to be in different offerings because you de-risk the company. Uh, but again, you don't want to go too far afield that you can't do anything for anybody. You're just a failure at everything. So my discipline uh, back in, in merger acquisition, I realized uh, you're at as high a risk of just doing one thing for one client or one industry as you are by doing too many. So the art is getting to a reasonable number of offerings where you de-risk the company, but you don't put it at risk. And I think we've done a remarkable job of doing that. So to take an environment, for example, we, we've got a contract with the US military. We've got a team that's dedicated to doing that. The tunneling, we have a team that's dedicated to doing that. HBQ the same. Uh, Dross right, uh, sorry, the iron ore uh, torches. I mean, we don't have a team doing that. Uh, we have a BD group doing that. And we have a, a supply chain where we can actually make the tor torches 100% uh, outside of the company. The same thing with Dross right. With Dross right, it's a BD, we get the, and then um, the Dross right systems are made, they, they don't, they're not made in our company. In fact, the last order, there's no draw right system that even touched Canadian soil. It was all made uh, uh, in the United States and shipped out from there. So um, it's a very good question. And when you peel back the onion, Fair question. you realize how well we've done it. It gives most people uh, an, a le another level of comfort and, cre and, and credibility in the way we do things. Yeah, and look, it's a fair question because most companies would be envious if they had just two of all these different you know, business divisions, uh, let alone all of these. So that, that's a fair question. Uh, he also, or she goes on to ask about spinoffs. We've talked about that, that that's something always in consideration for you. Uh, so thanks, Gexi or Geeks. Whack, great question. Peter, my question is, when can we expect to see Pyrogenesis name on the advertising at the Bell Center? <laughs> I wanted to open, see some hockey for crying out loud. Gee whiz, that'd be nice hey, one day to see, you know, Pyrogenesis advertisement somewhere local. That uh, I want the Bell Center to open and see some hockey. Hey, one day, think bigger, think Dynasty, the Pyrogenesis Center, not just on the boards, the but whole damn thing. Uh, I wish I, I wish I answered with that. That would have been better. 
<laughs> That's why I'm here. That's why we're a team. We're all a team. Shareholders, me, you, everyone, Rodana, the whole team, we're a team. Uh, come on. Tim in Vancouver. Congratulations. Thanks, Peter and the POIR team. Uh, with respect to iron ore pelletization torch adoption, I would think that by now the efficacy and economics of plasma torch replacing a fossil fuel burner is not really a question anymore. So that's a hypothetical. You're talking to that. The power to run just one, a one megawatt torch could also power about 700 homes. Hundreds of megawatts of clean produced power takes time, dollars, and the commitment from people at the highest levels of industry and government to put in place. Would you agree that the power input side, and here's the question, is now the leading common challenge clients face? So I have a lot of uh, questions uh, that come of a similar tone. Like, what are the challenges? What is you know, the challenge? The challenge. The ch um, there's no, there's nothing new that's been popped that's popped up that isn't already very well known in the industry. You know, we, we use electricity. If you um, um, if, if, if you use uh, the combustion, you have a NOx, NOx forming. Um, so these are all things that are known within the industry and the challenges that are in the industry. And, and they're moving forward. All, all, all the clients that we mentioned, A, B, and C, and others are moving forward. So there, there's not like, oh my God, we have to answer this question or this or that. From our perspective, so, so let's look at what the alternatives are. Okay, this is from my perspective. Uh, people should, should really do some due diligence and not go and just you know, assume what I'm saying is correct. It's, it's just my perspective. The, we're, the, there's a lot of pressure, environmental pressure to reduce greenhouse gases. And in our pelletization, you've got these bloody you know, uh, fossil fuels burners there. Now, if you've decided to change those out for whatever reason, what are your options besides plasma? You have something called uh, biofuels. That's just bullshit, okay? Biofuels, yeah, they're cool, but you know what? You have to convert biofuels from biomass and, it create, and it's a lot of energy created and, and there's a lot of emissions. So when you look at it on totality, it's not, it's, it's, it's a, it's a they gotta wake up. Are you, are you gonna clean the environment or are you gonna dirty the environment uh, by, 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 by creating a, a, a biofuel that in order to go from a biomass to a biofuel, it's damaging. Forget that. Hydrogen, that's also a very exciting one that people talk about as an option. And both biofuels and hydrogen are, are, are still on, 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 the, uh, on the drawing board. They're not commercially viable at all. Uh, so hydrogen, uh, you, need to, you need to build large expensive uh, facilities to make hydrogen. And, and it consumes a ton of electricity. And then you've got to transport the hydrogen and store it and it's explosive. So this is really not an answer at the end of the day. So when you're looking at what's readily available, it's plasma, in my opinion. I mean, there's other things out there, but I don't see anything out there that if somebody's going to have, somebody says, listen, we're getting rid of those, uh, those torch, those diesel burners. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to uh, uh, get rid of them. What alternative is there? Um, the NOx, the diesel burners are already making NOx. So it's about how you handle the NOx and how you address that. Electricity, you know, they already have electricity coming in uh, many places. You know, you have to, you have to adjust the electricity, but those are the costs of doing it. Is and that nitrogen oxide? NOx is nitrogen oxide? Yeah, yeah. So, so it comes from, it comes in diesel burners. You, you can handle it. There's off, there's off the shelf ways of handling it. And, and, and I don't want to talk about anything that we may be doing that may be patentable, but you know, we have our own views of, 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 some, of some things that can happen. Anyway, so I'm not going to 
talk about that uh, right now. But when you're looking at the situation, if you really have a goal to get rid of your fossil fuel burners, and in my opinion, if it's not today, it's eventually, because those things are damaging the environment like you can't, you know. And if, if it's not being regulated today, it will be tomorrow. It's, it's coming, so they might as well make plans for it now. You know so, it's coming. And, and, a lot of, and a lot of them are smart enough to realize that it is coming. And they're going to, you know, do we have a law connect? Look, we don't have, a, we have a patent on it. Maybe, you know, I'm making it sound like it's a certain that we're going to get it. We're not, it's not, nothing's a certainty, okay? Um, but for crying out loud, I don't think there's anything better than what we got. I mean, if I, if, I, if, I, if I had to take a step forward and reduce my greenhouse gas footprint, and I was going to do it by, by addressing the uh, the diesel burners uh, um, the diesel burner uh, uh, problem, uh, fossil fuel uh, bio biofuels aren't the answer because you you have to convert biomass to biofuels, and hydrogen has so many issues with it already. Uh, it's like what are you gonna what are you gonna do? Have the zeppelin run around? Anyways, so look, um, that's that's my personal view of it. And when people say, is this the challenge, is that the challenge? No, we just have to, we just have to go through the process, uh, 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 a natural process of getting them accepted. There are some challenges. Yeah, there are some challenges. Obviously. And by the way, that's, hold on. The very next question is from where is Jack Benny? He actually says it. To piggyback on Tim Vancouver's question, are you able to share with us some of the impediments uh, the iron ore pulsation industry considers in adopting towards technology other than cost? So you're about to go into that. So I thought that was a perfect segue. Into well, you know, the costs are, are, you know, what are the costs? I mean, I, I don't know what the costs are to the plant, really. What, what, what I have some ideas of what their costs are and what their challenges are. I think we address them. Um, are they going to say, well, for all the reasons, we're just going to stay with, you know, fossil fuel burners? Possibly. Are they going to say, listen, we're going to wait a number of years before some other technology becomes better? Possibly. But I don't see, I don't see, if I was them, I wouldn't. But are there any impediments? Because you're kind of going to go into, are, are you able to share with us any, some of the impediments that iron ore companies, other, other than cost? So forget about cost. Is there anything else out there that's an impediment? No. Um, I, I, I don't want to say yes or no, because if I say there's none and, and something pops up later on, I don't want to be held you know, for that. But you know, we're comfortable that if there's any challenges, they can be met. Okay. Uh, would it be fair to say, and this is for still from where's Jack Benny, would it be fair to say these companies will, would be hesitant to adopt if the carbon tax versus torch adoption expense is marginal and strictly looked at it as a cost of doing business? Would that be fair to say? I don't, or... think, I, I don't think in many situations there's no carbon tax. I mean, in, in South America, in some uh, jurisdictions, there's no, carbon, there's no carbon penalty and they're going forward with these things. Or they're moving forward with these things. So no, I think they're saying if the is the uh, if the carbon tax that they're that they're currently paying, I guess, versus torch adoption expenses margin. The, the carbon the carbon tax is a penalty for for well, I, I don't know. I, I suspect. Um, In other words, if the, I think what he's asking if there isn't a big cost benefit, and if there's if there isn't really a big cost benefit at the end of the day. At the end of the day, I would suggest that if you take in all the costs, including the social. The social benefits of being a cost. If there's no benefit in the cost, then there's no point in going forward. Okay. Um, interesting that you talk about nitrogen oxide earlier because he's asking, "Am I correct in that the level of nitrogen oxide levels will also be a strong component as to whether or not to adopt?" I think you kind of answered that before. I, I think it's. I think it's always been 
in, 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 from day one, and, and, and anytime you talk about this type of a technology, you're, you're looking at electricity, you're looking at uh, the NOx formation, you're looking at um, maintenance, uh, the, how disruptive it is to the to the to, to maintain, which is not. I mean, uh, so you look. There are all these basic questions, and you tick them off one by one. And the fact that we're we're here so far down the road um, would lead, lead me to 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 believe that to some degree the answers that we're providing are 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 good, and and we also are 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 happy with with the option. Look, we're not going to go down a road um, and waste our time on some pipe dream that's never going to that we don't believe is going to uh, be successful. It doesn't make sense for us to do that. We're very excited about what our plasma torches can do and very confident that they have a role to play in reducing greenhouse gases. You talk about maintenance. Again, it's uh, uncanny, but where's Jack Benny asked, talk about the minutia of an actual torch maintenance routine, yeah. uh, you know, preventive maintenance operation. Is there a swing torch involved that would be utilized to change out the first torch needing new electrodes and then use the refurbished torch for the next torch? Or is it okay to have a torch offline for a time just to replace the electrodes? Okay, this is the type of thing. This is like an interesting question. question. I mean, these, question. Are the type, these are the type of things that have to, the boxes have to be looked at and ticked. You know, one versus another, you know, what are the options, which one to go with? So this takes time. Um, we're a torch supplier. Of course, we'd like to have a swing torch. <laughs> we like to sell an extra torch or two, to have it in the background. What a swing torch is for our people that don't know, it's, you know, instead of you just take the old torch out, put the new torch in, do your maintenance on the old torch, get it ready, and then it becomes the swing torch. Uh, and so that's what a swing torch. So the, if you have swing torches, then, then you can actually sell more torches. Or is it okay to have a torch offline for a time just to replace the electrodes? Personal interests aside. Maybe maybe I misunderstood what a swing torch is, but that's what I thought. It, that's no, no, I, thought. I think you got it right. But then, the, but then they're also asking, or can you just, like, for example, there are some plants that just shut down. Uh, you know, they just go offline for a week to refurbish everything. Uh, so I guess what they're asking is, instead nope. of a swing torch is the alternative, you can just go offline to replace the electrodes. So when you're talking about iron repelletization, what's really interesting, I, I, these things don't shut down, these furnaces. They go for year and year and year on year. And, and that's one of the nice things about our torches. You can, you can, you don't need to shut down the operation for maintenance. You can, you can just plug and play, you just pull it out, put it back in. You don't have to shut down. So that's a, that's a real interesting benefit of using plasma torches. You don't, you don't have to, you don't have to shut down the facility. I think I, I may be wrong. I, I, someone told me that there was one particular plant that actually we're looking at. It hasn't shut down for seven years. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, and they end with thanks again for the opportunity presented here in this forum and all you and your team do to create a better world. Love thank comments you. like that. I yeah. love comments like that about the company. Mazer RR, thank you, George and Peter, for putting this Q&A together. They're always great watch and very much appreciated. Appreciated. Also, big congratulations to the PYR team on the recent NASDAQ listing. Uh, questions. Beyond, uh, number one, beyond potential acquisitions, are there any particular areas of the business or specific business lines that you anticipate using these funds to strengthen or expand the operations? Well, not, nothing material. I mean, we're, we're, we're improving our IT department. We're improving our, our machinery that we have. So nothing, nothing, nothing material. Um, I think that's, that's, that's. Okay. Fair enough. Question number two, based on what you're seeing in conversation with potential Drossright clients, 
What is the reception like to the new zero landfill option that is being incorporated into your dross right tolling offering? So uh, I, I believe what he's referring to is when we alluded to the fact that there's a technology out there that we'd like to incorporate into our offering that takes the residues that typically come off processing dross and instead of landfilling them, um, converting them into valuable chemical uh, uh, chemicals. Uh, and uh, the answer to that is, well, we haven't yet incorporated that benefit into our offering. The, um, uh, when we do, we think it's gonna be extremely, um, extremely exciting and powerful combination of our offerings. There is a, a tendency now, a worry amongst dross, right? Uh, um, people who, who process dross, whether it's from a traditional method or our method, what they're gonna do with those residues. So the fact that we've nailed it, we have the answer, I think will be very well received, very, very well received. We have um, slowed down pushing our draw strike because we wanna do it in conjunction with this new, this new, um, this new advantage. Okay. Third question is, um, interesting. At what point uh, will Pyro start looking into additional uses for the PureVap system beyond silicon production? For instance, could the PureVap process be used to produce aluminum from alumina more economically than current smelting methods? So yeah, we won't talk about that. <laughs> All right. Uh, best regards of Mazer RR. Thank you. Uh, and finally, Money Poet. Last question. Congratulations to everybody. Fantastic due diligence. Great questions, guys. And even the funny stuff was great. What, in your opinion, is Pyro's exposure to clean, the clean energy theme? Is Pyro a clean energy pure play at this time or foreseeably? I think we already discussed that one I think, earlier. I think we discussed that one. I think, yeah. I think it was the same guy, actually. No, maybe. Uh, hey, for all I know, maybe that was duplicate at the bottom. So uh, we'll, we'll look into that. So, Peter, that concludes uh, the questions. Before we sign off, I want to kind of leave last word to you, even though you've talked about everything. Any parting comments for the shareholders? No, uh, again, thank you very much to the shareholders. Uh, uh, thanks for all the messages you send me. And uh, I, I, I love hearing your stories. The, uh, I think we, we're, we're at a place uh, it, it, that others would be envious of. We're, we, we've got multiple offerings. We got no debt on our balance sheet. Uh, there's other companies out there that are suffering. They've been, you know, Tipping, you know, dipping into their, their coffers to support their operations. They've been relying on government grants. We luckily during this period of time has come out stronger than ever before. And we look forward to making you proud. And thank you very much for the support. All right, Peter, thank you for that. For everyone at home, thanks again for your contributions. Unbelievable work, great due diligence, great love and family in the Pyrogenesis family here. Thanks so much and we hope you enjoyed this. And look forward to the next one. Have a great day. Stay healthy. See you next time. Thanks a lot, George.